0: Lock
1: Talk
0: Radio Lock Talk
1: Radio Thank you.
2: Thank you. Good morning and good afternoon to all my devoted moms out there. Thank you for joining us today, Thursday, December 6th. Thank you for showing up, guys. Um, This is Tasha, and Regina will be joining us shortly. And I just want to thank you uh, for continuing to listen to us every week. I'm continually humbled and in awe of um, this great opportunity, and I'm just thankful for you all joining us. So thank you, thank you. If you want to call in, feel free to call in at 347-215-6138. You can always join us on Facebook at Devoted Moms. And you can also join us on Twitter at Tasha and Regina. So today is going to be a great show. We've been looking forward to actually doing this topic and will probably be a topic that we'll do a few times throughout the year. Um, But today is Phenomenal Fathers, and we want to honor some of the fathers out there who stand behind these great devoted moms. You know, With I know in my life personally, I couldn't be as devoted to my kids as I'd like to be if I didn't have such a phenomenal husband and father who supported me. So we want to highlight those phenomenal dads today. And we have a lot of phenomenal dads who are in different situations who have become fathers under different circumstances and so we thought it would be nice to highlight some of those fathers that Regina and I know, that Regina and I know personally. Um, also if you're a phenomenal father, you're listening out there right now or if you're a devoted mom who knows a phenomenal father and if they'd like to call in and share their story on how they became a dad and you know what is it about them that makes makes them a, a phenomenal father, I'd love to hear your story. so again, you can call in at three four seven two one five six one three eight. Again that's three four seven two one five six one three eight. Um I actually wanted to start off uh telling this story that I've learned a little bit about today. It's kind of a sad story um for all that are involved but I thought it really did speak to the topic of phenomenal fathers. Um but there is this uh family in Utah, an adoptive family in Utah who adopted a child about two years ago and apparently um, all the paperwork was not signed correctly and the father is in the military and he was deployed, I believe, when um, the baby was born and put up for adoption. He did not know that his baby was put up for adoption and so in the last about 19 months now, he's been fighting to get his daughter back and That, for me, speaks to the epitome of what a phenomenal father is, that he has not backed down and that he's continued to search for this little girl and wanting to have her in his life and to be the main main person in her life. And she'll always know that her dad was a phenomenal father because he never gave up. And the last judgment that came down is that his daughter will be given back to him the adoptive family has 60 days to to return the child to him. And I say that this is a tragic story for all involved because the adoptive parents have raised her like their own for almost two years. And I can't imagine the devastation that they're feeling at this time of having to give up a child that they thought for all intents and purposes was going to be in their family, you know, for the rest of their life. So there's just a lot of her feelings and confusion and anger going on right now, I can only imagine. But I do want to highlight that. I believe this is a phenomenal father for him standing by his daughter and really trying to fight to get her. So when you get a chance, if you want to go online and just Google the last name Aiken, A-C-H-A-N-E, if you want to read about the story and just, uh, you know, see if, See you know how it touches your heart.
0: Gail, have you uh, heard that story, Sylvia? Yet I have not. Um, What's the what's tell me again what the where to Google?
2: Um, Google the last name Aiken. A C H A N E. That's his last name. I believe Terry is his first name. Yeah, I
0: see a picture here. Um, Mm A married man's adoption horror continues as adoptive family of child. His wife gave up, are fighting his court to win, to have his daughter return. This is absolutely a tragedy for everyone. It really you know, is. There's, there is good news in this. The way that you just presented it, I mean, the the fact that this father would search, you know, for and fight for his daughter, you know, what a phenomenal father, you know. But then exactly. the pain, the ache of having a child you know, that you've bonded with and it's bonded with you for two years. And you know for the adoptive family, you know, that they that pro that journey didn't begin the moment she arrived in their home. She had been a part of their great at heart strings and their anticipation for probably months and years leading up to that adoption. Exactly. Wow exactly. Is, Yeah, I'm looking at it as A C H A N E and Terry is the Terry Aiken is the natural father. Uh, you know, this, there are so many incredible stories around the world of men who are wonderful fathers, and even you know, with single moms, you know, that have wonderful relationships with dads who want to be a part of their children's lives, even if those relationships may not have worked out in the marriage. You know, exactly. phenomenal men um, need to be a part of a child's life in order to help them be well-rounded, phenomenal children, you know, as well. So this very exciting topic, again, on Devoted Moms.
2: Yes, I agree. Uh, if you want to call in if you are a devoted mom and would like to highlight your spouse or maybe your father or just a phenomenal father that you know in your life, feel free to call in right now at 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138. We would love to hear your story. And um, Sylvia, you, you brought up a good point about sometimes when the relationship doesn't work out um, with the with the two parents, how – it's so important for the child to have both parents still, you know, be involved in their life. And I've seen even in some of my friendships how divorce can just be so ugly and the relationship between the father and the child is not honored as well as it is the mother and the child. And sometimes I definitely feel, well, I should say every time I definitely feel for the child in that situation when they're caught up in the middle and almost felt like, who am I supposed to love or who am I supposed to live with or, you know, who am I supposed to side with when they shouldn't have to feel that at all. Yeah, Um,
0: because in those situations, whenever, you know, we speak negatively about one parent to – um, to a, the child, then we're speaking negative negatively to a part of ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. that's within that child and, our, you know, the parts of our being that are not acceptable to the parent, you know, and how important our words are and how tragic the, and devastating the long-term impact of those words can be on the child. You know, Tasha, you have some other... Um, callers
3: here. Uh, Regina are you here with
0: us? Oh, I am. Hello. hello. Uh,
3: Regina, I apologize for a little bit of a delay. Um, Hello to everyone. Tasha I didn't get our uh, prep call. Sorry. <laughs> oh no problem. <laughs> I prayed for the both uh, of us. Yeah, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. One um, great thing about
2: doing life with you, Tasha, is I know that you got it. <laughs> well, you called in right at the right time because Sylvia said we actually have our first
0: question. Awesome, awesome. Another caller on right now, and I think that this may be one of the phenomenal fathers. Is this Jenny? Okay, maybe not. Stand by. Go ahead and continue the conversation. I'm going to perform my engineering responsibilities.
3: <laughs> All right, so yeah. Hi, hey, Sylvia. Darling. I also wanted to say greetings to you. Um, well, you know, I heard just a glimpse of as I was trying to get technology to work for me. um, you know, I am really glad that we are going to honor and raise up um, the phenomenal fathers that we've gotten to know you um, in a very personal way with Kenny, but also, um
2: are you still there, Regina? I think we lost you. Might be having some technical difficulties right now, which, um, you know, that happens. Um, So we're going to have some of our guests call in um, shortly. And these are, we have two men, two fathers that are calling Mm -hmm. in. One coming from uh, a divorce situation. He's a single father now and has just had to raise up as a phenomenal single father. And he's just going to talk a little bit about how it's been with his journey as a father. And then we are going to talk to my phenomenal husband,
1: who is
2: the uh, father of three children, married father of three children, and just some of the ways that, um, you know, and some of the things that he's gone through with his journey as a father. So looking forward to speaking to both of them today. Regina, are you back with us? I am. I'm here. I'm
3: here. I'm here. Um, I I would be remiss if I did not say that... um, there is a uh, phenomenal father that we all have that i um am sitting in a place where um God is uh touching me with sunshine, and so I just want to say that you know when all those different dynamics of fathers uh, uh being a father happen that we that I personally believe that we do have a heavenly Father and that mm-hmm. uh the love and the unconditional um, devotion to his children is a great great example from every father that I um, have ever interacted with, including the father who reared me. So I want to give a shout out for um, my own dad, who showed me um, unconditional love, and also um, you know just what I expect from or what I hope that my children. Uh, we'll be able to experience. And so, um, you know, Lauren Sims, I love you. <laughs> and, and for and for you, you know, uh, Mr. Jimmy also had a birthday this week, so, you know, shout-out for your father, Tasha. Um, yes. So they they, they didn't make it hard. They made it hard. <laughs> they made, yes. they, well, they raised the bar. The bar is very high. It didn't make it hard, but it made us realize the... Um, Just, you know, what it looks like for a male to um, be such a part of creating um, two daughters who are now doing the things that we're doing. Right. So, shout out to. It does look like
2: we have um, a a caller on. Yes, I think we might have our guests on hold as well as possibly um, a caller calling in to ask a question. So, if we do have a caller, caller, if you want to go ahead and state your name. Are you there? Maybe, maybe not. Caller.
4: Hey, doctor, this is Kenny. I'm on. I'm not sure if you're ready for me Not.
2: To... We're always ready for you, honey. That's my oh, husband, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, special day. How are you?
4: I'm fantastic. Ladies, how are you all doing? Good, good.
3: Kenny, I'm thank good. you so much for taking time um, out of your busy schedule to uh, share with us um you know, your experience and your insight, because I I admire you as a father, um, a male, and just an incredible friend uh, tremendously. So I'm glad to get to talk to you.
4: Oh, thank you for the kind words. I'm taping this, so I'm going to play that back over and over in the loop.
3: (laughs) That's fine with me. You have evidence. And I understand that. uh, Is Carlos also on the line with us? Carlos? Well, maybe not. Maybe we just have Kenny. Uh, just uh, Kenny right now. Um, so, Kenny, phenomenal father.
1: How? How?
3: What, what? You know, you have learned to be a father for so long, um, in such a different kind of way. Can you tell us a little bit how you became a father?
4: Sure. Uh, Yeah, and it was a little bit of a different kind of way. Uh, I met my beautiful bride, Tasha. We were actually good friends in college, and uh, we didn't start dating until afterward. But by that time, she had had a little girl named Jordan. And uh, I met Jordan when she was a baby baby,
0: Mm -hmm. and at
4: that point we still weren't dating or anything of that nature, but uh, just over the course of the year, uh, year or two after Jordan was born Tasha and I started uh, dating become a lot more uh, absolutely fell in love with that little girl
1: uh, mm. <laughs> and, and I then
4: her mother was, was okay too a lot right <laughs> say it again <laughs> and her, her mother mom was, was
3: okay
1: too
4: her, her mom yeah. was fantastic but I can honestly say that I absolutely <laughs> fell in love with that little girl. And it was funny because she did not like me at first. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she gave was, him a hard time.
4: Man, man, that played a part in it because she would look at me sideways. She, she made her brother work for every single bit of love and affection that I received from her. Uh,
1: <laughs>
4: and so that was my foray into to fatherhood was uh, being able to actually – Uh, wrote a love a a young girl that was already here Uh, Mm. so fell in love with the young lady I eventually adopted her and she's Mm -hmm. my daughter she is my daughter Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
4: and and then after that we had a second one and
2: then six years
4: later had our third so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I've been doing this
4: fatherhood stuff now for about 12 years and the funny part about it Regina is that every day is different you know I know I'm learning each and every day how to become better as a father,
1: Uh, and it's
4: and it's also evolving too. Like you know what I'm doing right now with my youngest, who just turned one. You know, I'm a lot more active in the terms of being on the floor and playing with her a lot more, et cetera, because she's way more active than any of my other kids were.
1: Mm -hmm. And I see, I'm
4: having the name
3: of Tsunami, right?
4: Tsunami, exactly. (laughs) Tsunami. And with the oldest, because she's almost a teen, you
1: mm-hmm. know,
4: I'm actually having to be a lot more—I don't know the best way to put it—but cognizant and aware of
1: mm-hmm. you know
4: of things I say and do and treat her mother, because I mm. know that she, in, in in essence, will be trying to find someone like her father, right, when she gets of age and starts dating, et cetera. And also being actually a lot more. Uh, on purpose in terms of talking to her mm-hmm. about boys, which mm-hmm. actually is a repulsing thought in my <laughs> mind.
3: <laughs> you, you know what, Kenny, there's something, there's so, there's something that I know that an activity that you do with Jordan, um, like you said, you're very purposeful. And it's interesting, we always think that moms, you know, are the ones who are doing this kind of planning and execution and strategizing, but Kenny, one of the things I've, uh, I know that you do is that you date your daughter, um, right. and so that it's true. The first impression that he, she, she will always be able to say the first person or the first man who loved her is is you, and that right. you know you create you have created these standards. Even though there it will be a knucklehead involved somewhere oh, at some point in time, but that knucklehead uh, influence I think is going to be reduced. Because right. of and, and both
4: uh, out the knuckleheads because I was
5: one of mm-hmm. the knuckleheads.
4: So, <laughs> we all broke, but
5: there's things that she looks for. We <laughs> a term of
3: endearment, no doubt. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
4: but yeah, I mean, Someone, I think it's very important. to say, so. Yeah, and and for like for for Jordan since she was our oldest, you know, now she has two little ones behind her, so she okay. was she had the house basically to herself for six years.
3: Right.
4: Uh, so she was the apple of everyone's eye, et cetera. So we have to definitely make sure that, you know, that she understands that just because there are others that follow behind her, that her importance in our family has not diminished. So okay. we have to be make sure that we take time to actually, you know, spend time with her alone. And I don't do that by myself. My wife does a great job of that as well, uh, spending mm-hmm. time with
0: her. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, yeah,
4: I mean, at certain times, especially with just, the, you know, everything in life happening, everything in, in your family is actually expanding and growing, that you do have to be more on purpose and actually write these things down to make it happen. Right,
3: right, right. What would you say um, is your greatest influence
1: on your father? I'll I,
4: I tell you what. I, I have I have been blessed beyond belief in terms of um, my family life growing up. I have the absolute okay. perfect
3: First perfect I, I want,
4: role model and example of what a father should be.
3: Uh, right. In my <laughs> yes.
1: uh, so
4: I and, and it's funny because we could not be more different <laughs> in the sense of right. how we parent.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Because he's a principal and he is basically mm-hmm. everything you would think of as a principal in terms he of... He was kids. my
3: elementary school principal. Yeah, he was. How small the world is. <laughs> my
4: best friend so married.
1: Yeah, and yeah. how so funny he, is the
4: world? he was a, you know, he was stern and all of that. I don't remember ever pop, pops, you know, getting on the floor playing with us. Or you know, uh-huh, I can uh-huh. count on a handful of times that he went outside yeah. played basketball with us, et cetera. But I knew every time that there was anything that that was needed, or if uh, anybody, if I needed someone to have my back, to this day that he would be first in line. And I mean that that, that speaks volumes, even though it's unspoken.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. Hey Kenny, I got a quick question. Um, we've got a, a, a question from um Phoenix, Arizona. And they'd like to ask you the best advice that you can give to a mother who's challenged by their husbands but they are um but they are fathers who love their children. So it seems like um perhaps it, it is a mother who um is having some challenges but you know it's clear that they the the husbands love their children would you Could you give her some maybe some words of encouragement or even advice on how to support and uh develop that
4: uh great question um and I'm, I might not be the hundred percent best to answer it because my situation is different, but I would think the most important part is just to let him be a part of that kid's life. Uh, and whatever that means in the sense of be supportive with him. As, I mean, fatherhood is something that is a learned behavior. It's not. I mean, it's not innate where we just know exactly what to do. Some things we might falter with at the beginning. Some things we mm-hmm. might absolutely stink at at first, like mm-hmm. communicating and conversing and being comfortable around your kid. But, I mean, the more time you spend with them, uh, the, 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 the bigger and wider your heart grows for them, uh, the more you will become better at this job. Basically, it's a job, and it's more and it's way more difficult than any job that you put a resume in for, uh, because it's totally different each day, and it's something way more precious than a job that you're actually trying to raise. So, I think the biggest thing is just to let him grow in the, in, in in this role. He uh, yeah. might not be the perfect father or whatever it is today, but five, six, seven years down the line, when it's mm-hmm. equal and maybe more so more uh, mm-hmm. important he'll be that person that you've always wanted him to be in that kid's life. So I think that's well, the biggest and, thing. Is and just that child
3: benefits from whatever, you know, however that, that exactly. evolves. You know, exactly. like is there a right or wrong, it might. Yeah. I know that sometimes as mothers we want, you know, fathers to do things a certain sort of way. Well, I wouldn't really do it like that. And I think one of the things I really had to do um, is to lessen my need to control how it's being done. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if the hair is all over the head, you know, did you try? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <That's> a, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a what, thing. I mean, what,
3: would I be doing candy magic at, you know, nine o'clock at night when bedtime is <laughs> right. Um But it really is. I think that you know, as a mom, I know that I had to allow for uh, my girls' father to be. You know, I always knew he would be an incredible father, and I do hope that he's he's listening in. If not, I want to give him a shout-out, um, because it was. And it is hard for us as women and mothers. You know, we know the right way to do things, and I think sometimes it decreases the uh, capacity of, um, or it decreases the chance of someone, you know, of a father stepping up in a way, um, in a more active way. That's
4: correct. I mean, it gives them more responsibility, and they take more ownership in it. Uh, because if somebody is always correcting them, at some point mm-hmm. you're going to just stop trying. <laughs> you know the right way, you go ahead and do it, almost uh, Thank as childish you. as that might be. I mean, that's the reality of it.
3: Thank uh, you. So Thank you have you to for
4: let people grow in their role.
3: Yeah, I, the I think I, I think that one of um, one of the things Tasha and I wanted to accomplish with the show. Yeah. Is to really dig and allow for you to say things to moms um, who are completely, you know, are very devoted to their children and families, um, but we just just may not know. So, so thanks for saying, you know, thanks for saying that. Are there other pieces of advice or, you know, Tasha, can you mute right quick so that you don't say, oh, I thought I did that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: so that we might, call, so that we can create some aha moments for our, for our mothers that are listening out there.
4: Well, I, I guess one of the, that's a big one, just kind of letting him learn and growing, growing his role. Tosca uh, has mm-hmm. always been spectacular at that. Of course, you know, at the very beginning, he had to make sure that I would, you know, <laughs> be mindful and be careful and you know wouldn't put our child in harm's way or anything like that, but. After those major obstacles, you know, uh, were, were cleared, she knew I had the uh, Jordan's best interests at heart, and there would be mm-hmm. some things that I mean. Today, for example, I mean, last night we went out and we had a cheerleading event, so we had to go and watch that, and my head still hurts. But <laughs> so after we went and got some food, and you know, mm-hmm. the kids, it was like nine o'clock or something. My kids go to sleep like eight and nine o'clock, respectively. they're ice cream sandwiches. I thought absolutely nothing of this. She was appalled by this whole notion that <laughs> they were eating ice cream sandwiches at 9 o'clock. Uh, so I guess that's mm-hmm. just subtle differences. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a really a minute point. But there's some things that, you know, just let them be. I mean, it's th- that them having that ice cream sandwich is not going to affect them in the morning whatsoever. And it's, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of growth and preparation in life, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to harm them. So... What you what what you might think of is silly. Yes. You know that that those are times that might be growing times and times that you're you and the, that father and that kid are growing together. That's right. all outside of the norm and helps that relationship
3: grow. So, well, I thought a memory making moment. You know, we can all remember. You know, it's 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 you made a memory. I mean, yeah, what,
1: exactly.
3: You know, mm-hmm. they'll be telling their kids. You know, I can remember. You know, yeah, you know, it was my sister's chili and Shoot my dad little dad ice cream. Masters. My mom was, you know, about to have a <laughs> fit. But
1: yeah,
3: those are the sorts of things that, like, I can remember. My dad making spaghetti, making spaghetti for us, and not realizing we didn't have spaghetti sauce, so, so he used ketchup. Right. And my mother, when she heard that, was like, That's "Are you kidding me? Right." And it was the best spaghetti. I think I've ever.
1: <laughs> I mean,
4: Yep. And now yeah, you talk about stuff that you remember. I remember in eight mm-hmm. years when I was eight years old, uh, so there was, was several decades ago now. I was playing basketball and again, like I said, my, my my pops didn't come outside and play sports with us much, but he came out there one time and we played one on one basketball. Now just remember how dude was out there cheating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> I know in his mind, he was like, there's no way on earth this dude is going to let this look guy beat me. So he was out there cheating. I remember he wouldn't take the ball back after he hit the rim and all that kind of stuff. He went straight back up. And I, I was amazed at that. But it's 30 years later, and well, I guess a part, bad part of it, I remember him cheating. But the second part was I remember him actually <laughs> spending time out there. Let, let's,
3: let's, glean, let's glean out the uh, lesson there.
4: <laughs> yeah, <let's, laughs> the bad part about it was he's cheating and I'll tell it to his face today. But anyway,
1: <laughs> the, the real part
4: about that was that he spent time out there with me.
1: Right, and, you know, we had right a ball. right. So we right. were
4: laughing. We were talking jo- jo- I mean, talking junk to one another. It was okay. banner back and forth. You know, the junk was a little more aggressive than mine because I knew my limits. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a memory that was made, like I said, and I remember it 30 years, and it was 30 years ago.
1: hmm hmm So, yep. and, and it's
4: funny that those memories don't have to be big. So if anything, I could tell your the lady that asked the question earlier, is that uh, one thing I want to stress to men is that everything does not have to be big for it to be memorable. Uh, I think we get caught up in a lot of times in having to spend X amount of money or have, mm-hmm. you know, go and do yep. this and do that, and, you know, it's the Thank thing you. to do, mm-hmm. and you just spent basically a half a paycheck doing so, mm-hmm. when they don't require that. They will remember going to the movies. They will remember going out to a, a park with their dad and pushing on the swing set. Little things mm-hmm. like that, they remember in mean, me mean much more than spending apples of dollars to, to get that memory.
3: Right, right, right. Well, that's That's powerful. I, that's something... You know, I really do hope that the moms that are listening out there and we encourage for you to you know, call in and let us know if there's a um you know, if you've got a question that, you know, maybe you're trying to strategize on how to get your husband or your children's father more involved and more active. You know, let's let's use the uh brain trust that we have here uh with Kenny. And I think uh, it's how to do it. it's see where we've got our next our our um additional guests is on the
2: line. Yeah, I think we do. Carlos, are you there?
1: Hey, ladies.
5: How goes it?
2: Ah, it goes Thanks. well, Carlos. How are you?
5: I'm blessed today. I'm blessed. How about you guys?
2: Good, good.
5: Hey, okay. yeah, Carlos, to hear you. Thanks for having me on today.
2: Awesome well, yeah, thank, you, thank you for having us on. I mean, we, you know, when we started planning show topics a few months ago, we knew that Phenomenal Fathers was going to be one of our topics that we would probably discuss a couple times a year. And you and Kenny were definitely at the top of the list when we thought of, you know, Phenomenal Fathers that we knew in our circle and in our life. So um, I appreciate you being able to join us today.
5: Again, thank you for the invitation. I feel honored and humbled, first of all, to be identified as a Phenomenal Father. That's- Furthest thing from my mind when I started this process <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's
1: where how hear you. To. Yes. That's
3: a great feed into how did you uh, Kenny shared a little bit early, I don't know if you got a chance to listen in, um, about how his process for becoming a, a, a father. Um what was what did yours look like?
5: Oh wow. Well I'm the oldest of eight, uh, so I have seven uh siblings, three brothers and four sisters, although we lost my one brother about three years ago. And um, so I had the pleasure for years of being Uncle Carlos. Um, and then I'm a firm believer, in, uh this is just my opinion, that men have a biological clock also. And so I was approaching my 50th birthday and was still not a father and just didn't think it was in the cards for me. And I remember having this long discussion, argument with God about why he hadn't allowed me or blessed me to be a father. And you know what they say about you want to make God laugh, you make plans. And so I'm two weeks shy of graduating with my master's, and I get the news that I'm going to be a first-time dad at 51 years old. Wow. That's my story.
3: Well, you know, you beat Abraham Abraham out. I mean, you know, Abraham was, what, 100?
5: Oh, thank you very much.
2: (laughs) That was just wrong, Carlos. I'm not going to co-sign on that one. Well, that's all right. That's
5: all right. You know, God did some amazing things to people in the Bible, including Abraham. So if, if he touches me in the same light, I would feel truly blessed. I'm, I feel honored to have this young man, because I have a son, Antonio mm-hmm. Clay Hardy, in my life.
3: Yes. and
5: He yes. teaches me something new every single day. Right. Every day.
2: Well, can you talk a little bit, you know, you said you were 51 when you became a father. Can you talk about maybe some of the challenges that you have faced starting fatherhood maybe, um, you know, a little bit later than some other men have?
5: Well, you know, even though I started late, Tasha, I'm not sure, and I I say this because it might help somebody else out there that's struggling,
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
5: is that I'm not uh, really proud of my first response when I found out that I was going to be a father and fear took over and I was like, no way. Uh, and then it was my process of, well, if you go to the barbershop enough, eventually you're going to get a haircut. And then my upbringing mm-hmm. kicked in, uh, my grandmother and the way I was raised and my family. And I knew, I knew I was going to do the right thing. And so that entailed a marriage, uh, right. attending every OBGYN um, uh, appointment. Taking ding, ding. an ding. Off- huh?
2: No, I was saying ding, ding. Good for you. Good one.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, putting up <laughs> an office that I had become uh, attached to through my two-and-a-half years of getting my master's and actually turning that into the, my son's uh, nursery, uh, which mm-hmm. was really a joy, picking out the paint and painting and putting the little things up that you uh, that you do when you're expecting a new one, to actually uh, being in the delivery room. Uh, he was a planned to Siri, and so I was real clear that I wasn't going to look on that side of the cover, but I asked okay. her.
1: As, as
5: soon as she delivered him, she held him up in the air, and it, first of all, I was just amazed at how blue he was. That's the first thing. And that was she your handed him off. The <laughs>
3: interesting yeah. the
5: You know what? And, <laughs> right. and, and 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 like she handed him off to the attendants, and they took him over to the birthing table, and then they started working on him. And the whole time, I'm clicking pictures. Pictures. Mm-hmm. and pictures and watch him. I call it pink up. You know
1: where life right. comes in
5: his body. It was it, it was just a, an awesome experience. It could only be God. Only
2: mm-hmm. be. Uh, mm-hmm. only I agree. Only the definite be. God a God, definite God story. So we actually have a um, a question from a caller in Las Vegas, and mm. uh, maybe you can speak to this, Carlos. He says, "I don't know my father, but I desire to be a phenomenal father." And we have a son arriving in two months, and I'm 51. Any advice? Yes. Yeah, uh,
5: because my story is somewhat similar in that I didn't know my biological father for quite a few years. Uh, And so there was a male figure, my stepfather, that raised me. It wasn't the ideal environment. But I, I would just tell the caller that one of the things I realized is that I had the opportunity with the birth of my son to break the cycle.
1: To, mm-hmm. So some of the
5: things that mm-hmm. I felt like I missed growing up, I had an opportunity to do over again. There was some physical abuse, and that was very early on I realized and made a decision that my, I was not going to subject my son to the same thing. And I would just suggest to the brothers that you surround yourself with a support system. Interestingly enough, mine happens to be female, majority, um, but I have talked to some fathers that are parenting Uh, single parents, and we have actually talked about uh, forming a support group. I mean, things like, uh, you know, your child is crying all night and you want to run to the emergency room, and it's something simple as they're cutting a tooth, you know, or just little things. The first time they fall down and have a boo-boo, the first time they have uh, an elevated temperature, my God, what do I do?
1: There was actually Mm -hmm. a real
5: good book that somebody had recommended, like the first year of your child's life. Uh-huh. That was phenomenal, and I can't tell you the number of times that I opened up that book and and the relief that it gave me because it, what was happening was supposed to be happening.
1: Uh-huh. You know?
5: uh-huh. So I would just tell the caller, you know, so educate yourself as much as you can about newborns, um, and then also pray to God for some patience. <laughs> Patience,
2: ha. Huh? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes.
5: Especially when you want to sleep all night and they're determined that they're going to keep you up.
1: Mhm. Yes.
3: Mhm. You know? Wow. Well, Carlos and, you know, as we were as we were talking um and I was inviting you to come on today to the show to share your experience. You know something came through uh that I think would be also helpful to um our listener in Las Vegas you have always um uh been humble enough to ask questions and seek out um so that you could make a, you could influence your son differently than maybe how your father your your experience being fathered was and so you're intentional of you know taking in different information um I'll just, you know, say that, you know, Carlos and I uh, do a lot of memory building uh, with our kids. He shares um, Antonio with me, and I'm tremendously grateful to God for that. Um, but, you know, in just being very purposeful about how you discipline, you know, yes. I know that you think a lot about that before you just respond. Yes. And, you know, could you maybe talk a little bit of, about that?
5: Well, um, you know, it was it was really a process for me to be willing to ask for help uh, because I didn't necessarily think that I knew it all. It's just it's not in my DNA to ask for help. The story of my life was I made a decision early on to go left instead of right, and because I was grown, I think we had talked earlier about I left my parents' house when I was 17 years old and have not been back to this day. And so when it came time or when it came to my son and learning to be a single parent, because unfortunately his mom and I didn't, didn't make it, um, I tried to do it on my own. But I was so afraid that I was going to cause some harm
1: mm-hmm. that I knew
5: that I needed to ask for help and I needed to be humble and ask for help. And even when uh, I got it, sometimes I wanted to buck and, you know, yeah, you mm-hmm. say this, but I still say it's this. But ultimately, you know, I, I choose to, to associate uh, with folks that have walked the path that I'm now walking and that can help. I don't have to maybe make mistakes that a lot of other folks make. And then, you know, it's a little different for a single dad than it is for a single mom. I still think there's a paternal instinct that's there because my son and I are so in tune, uh,
0: mm-hmm. and I've
5: got to believe that. That God gave men some, some, uh, like I said, paternal instinct as well. But mm-hmm. there, I had more experience at being Carlos running on self-will than I had in asking for help. But once mm-hmm. I did, things got a little easier. And the right. next time I had to go, it wasn't and ask for help. It wasn't as hard the second time and the third time.
1: Okay. Okay. What I had
5: to worry about and, and I struggled with is the feeling that somebody else is raising my child because they're telling me all the things to do and not to do, you know, but i
1: am done man, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with asking for help. Great. Good call. Listen,
3: um, we have a caller or we have a question from Anchorage, Alaska. I love that, you know, we're getting folks who are listening to us from all over the world. Anchorage. It is so Oh, um, isn't that awesome? Yeah, so over in Alaska, um apparently someone's um devo- a devoted mom asked her husband to listen to the show and he said that he it. travels a lot. And I you know Kenny, um you, your job entails a good bit of a uh, travel and being away. Carlos, you have your uh son every other week. Um yes. so you're also away from him um quite a bit. So the question is, how would Kenny and Carlos handle being an absentee father who is being who is being a responsible provider, but is absent so much? Uh, that's, a
4: hey. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. that's a tough
3: one.
4: Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, that's a tough one. And it's one, again, that you definitely have to be on purpose. And technology, I think, has made that process a lot easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, when I
4: first started and I was doing quite a bit of traveling, uh, there wasn't a Skype. There wasn't a FaceTime, uh, so we were just going by on phone calls, and I was talking to them, you know, over the phone. I wasn't going all that much. I was going twice a week. But, you know, for my kid, especially as a baby, one, two years old, that's hard. You know, and his, his father's not there, you put him in sleep or whatever the case may be. Um, what what I would suggest is just to just be on purpose in terms of talking to that, uh, making sure that father is talking to that child each night and telling them, you know, uh, asking them about their day. Uh, just doing things that they would normally do. But, you know, it's, unfortunately they're not there to do it in person, but they're having to do it over the phone. But technology uh-huh. has made that so much easier. I know my actually my kids actually love when I'm not there at times so they can do this Skype <laughs> and this FaceTime. <laughs> it's FaceTime. It's but yes, true. They do. Well, you know, <laughs> there's FaceTime. Little, if you've
3: got an iPhone, we, there's FaceTime. Yeah,
4: um, yeah when my can. wife got her new iPhone and we did this FaceTime the other day, uh-huh. I mean, they had the best time. Now, they were talking about my head was huge the entire time, but it was yeah, it was just stuff that we were doing that allowed <laughs> me to connect with them even though right. I was not present to be there. You know what I mean? Right.
3: So it's just and a I'm matter sure of. You, I,
4: sorry, would, I
3: would also say your children appreciate you making that effort too.
4: Definitely, definitely. Because they understand it's, it's the job taking me away and not necessarily I'm, you know, trying not to be there. Uh, at least I hope they have that understanding, and you know, and I and I tell them I'm, I'm going to miss them, and I, I see it in their face that they're not happy when I'm traveling and stuff. But uh, it's it's something that's necessary. But I want them to know that they are absolutely number one in my life. Uh, and wherever I am, I make time to get out. I will leave a meeting if it's an evening meeting and call them and Skype them or whether they whatever the case may be to make sure that I say my goodnights to them, ask them about their day. And they know their father is thinking about them even when he's not there.
1: Mm, that's
3: powerful. Right. Carlos, do you have um, a quick answer? Because we actually have another question behind this one.
5: Well, uh, you know what? You I, I just try to be a whole dad, and it's kind of hard to uh, parent in extension. You can take care of your financial responsibilities. But there's something about being in your child's life, active in your child's life. You know, there's just some things that, in my case, my son is going to learn from me. Uh, And there's a lot of things that I'm learning from him as well. So I just think you need to be there. Up until recently, every time I told my son I was going out of town, it was a major meltdown. Uh, And he's gotten a little better with it now. But now I'm not so good with it. I'm only good for about two or three days, and I've got to get back. And in the process, while I am awake, he has to call me, you know. So I just believe, and I'm just blessed that I'm able to be in his life on a constant basis. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that would be my short answer. That's
2: good. Well, we do have um, another listener, and uh, this question is, again, for Kenny and, and or Carlos. He's saying that he wants to marry the mother of his two children but she avoids the commitment. Your thoughts?
1: Hmm.
5: You know what, what Kenny? Caller, I I, I just remember um, when I got married, uh, this was my second marriage, and I I really thought that this one was going to last, and unfortunately it didn't. And if I had any hindsight or I had any regrets, I wish I had taken – serious when she said she wanted to go to counseling. Now, I did, and we did go to counseling, but interestingly enough, she chose a Christian counselor, and so when we went and we had an initial session, at the end of the session, the counselor says, well, now I'm going to pray to God, and he'll tell me what to do next, and when we went to our next session the following week, the counselor says that God had told her that she could not counsel us because we had went against God's will because my future wife, or my wife at the time, wasn't my wife when she got pregnant. And I just backed Whoa. away from counseling. Uh, and, and I, you know, so counseling is it, dude. You know, if, if somebody's struggling with something, it's usually a story there, and it, you just have to be willing to, to explore it and just let her know that it's safe and you're willing to walk that path with her. Um, uh, you know, just like we go to doctors for, for medical issues, for those things in our past that are serving as barriers or challenge, we go get professional help for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, that right. would be the one regret I had, not to say that the marriage would still be uh, on today. It's just looking back, that's one of the things I wish I had done
1: different.
3: Hey, Carlos, in some of our past shows, and I'm glad you brought that up, um, we have talked about, you know, just like a mechanic, you go to a mechanic and that mechanic, doesn't quite fix your car like you know Mm -hmm. that they were supposed to. You don't stop driving that car. You go and find an appropriate mechanic that you learn to trust and, you know, because it's that important. And so I think that um, you are so, um, I think it's going to be so helpful for folks to hear, you know, sometimes you can get a bad counselor or it could be, it could not be a good fit, but don't stop there because the, The long, you know, what you're trying to achieve is so important. You can't just let one person stop you.
5: I look at it like uh, getting a medical, uh, a serious medical procedure. You know, if you get cut on, it's going to hurt like heck for a while. And they're going to give you some medicine, but eventually it's going to heal. But most of the times when your body is invaded, it heals from the inside out more so than the outside in. And so it hurts for a while and it's painful for a while. But if you yes. want to stick to it and follow directions, it does get better. That's my experience.
1: Mm. Don't feel
5: good well, while you're going great. through it,
1: though.
3: Thank you for that. That goes, we call it couch time. A little bit of I couch time. time. A little A bit of couch time. time.
1: <laughs> Amen.
3: A little bit of couch time. Did you have any thoughts around that, Kenny?
1: No, I think he
4: is
3: that. Oh, okay. Get
0: that on the head, actually. That, that. One of
3: the things that we admire greatly about um, these two men and men in general is, you know, once you hear someone hit it, you don't have to recreate. Yeah. No, no, no reiteration no, no
4: needed.
1: No. And to try
3: to recreate the wheel. That brother did. <laughs> did a great job. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is that is really hilarious. Um, I have to ask, you know. Tasha and I talk a lot about our faith and how it influences, um, you know, how we parent. Um, can you all give us just a little bit of, you know, what is it um, that 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 helps to guide, you know, how you operate as far as a faith system or a belief system?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Kenny, Do you want uh, first satisfied.
3: Yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I will jump on that one. I, I have to give a lot of credit
4: on this to my wife because. She drugged me into uh, the spiritual person, the spiritual household that I currently live and reside in.
2: Did
3: you say she drugged you? Yes.
4: Like she, she drugged him? She dragged me into it because I was not quite <laughs> content doing me and being happy with, you know, just that. Right, and
1: right, I had to understand right, that right. there
4: was something that's much bigger than myself. So okay. I give her credit for that. But in terms of how we lived and uh and how our spirituality kind of forms everything. I mean, it's the basis of all our relationships. I mean, the way that we interact with our children is based out of love. That comes from our spiritual uh, beliefs. Uh, The the way that we have our uh, children not only interact internally, but external of this house and carry themselves, et cetera, and what they expect not only from, you know, uh, but and their expectations that they have not, you know, of themselves. I think that all ties into your spirituality and believing in something much greater than yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think it all kind of ties together in the sense of uh, there is a, I mean, at, at, at the core of Christianity is is a belief in helping one another, uh, right. and I think that we do a good job of expelling, extolling to our children that you know life is much bigger than yourself. And what are we going to do to actually, you know, make this place better? (laughs) And it's funny because each of our children react differently to that. (laughs) At least I think we're laying the framework and the foundation Mm -hmm. that they can actually, you know, use their own talents to go with wherever they want to go with. Mm -hmm.
3: Kenny, I love that you said, and we actually had a comment from Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, that speaks to, you know, um, one spouse having the wife having a, is being faith oriented and believes in church and Sunday school. Um, what I and then the husband is saying, you know, he doesn't see it as important. But I was really glad to hear you say, and I don't know if you could talk to a little bit more. Is you didn't talk about she drug you to church. She <laughs> drug you to spirituality and right. into your relationship with God is how I is what I heard you say.
4: Exactly, and and. I guess the best way to put it is that, I, you know, I grew up in a a, a Christian household. So I, I had a foundation there and I had a belief system there. But I had no desire to actually, you know, step out on faith and learn more and, you know, mm-hmm. become deeper into the word, et cetera. And she helped me tremendously in that. Uh, all mm-hmm. I can say is that, I mean, the best teacher is uh, is one. I mean, you can talk to, them, to somebody, to the, especially a man. You can talk to a man till you're blue in the face and he is not going to (laughs) listen for the most part. Otherwise, I actually get turned off by that after a while. Uh, But the best example is to, you know, live your life in the way that, you know, that you want him to get to. So if you Mm. want him to go to church with you, go every day. Tell him about what you learned while you were there. Uh, Show him what, you know, what the values that have been, you know, extolled in you and how you, you know, uh, bring that to the community. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, the best teacher is you know seeing something and, and learning from one's example. Mm-hmm. So I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think you can go to that person and say you need to and, and set ultimatums and say you need to go here with me or our relationship isn't going to work, because I can guarantee you that probably is not going to be a, a successful tactic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But if you show him nope. and
4: use it by uh, use your example and you know live live a life that's you know one that he might want to emulate, mm-hmm. uh, it might. Very well go the the way that you want it to.
3: Great, kind of have a quick answer. I mean, well, kind of a quick quick insight, only because we have one other caller, and I'm starting to look and see in our time is is coming close
1: so close. Yeah,
5: even uh, my life has been full circle with my spiritual life. i was uh, PK, so my stepdad's a minister, my uncle's a minister, my uh, paternal grandfather's a minister. That would be
3: preachers' kid. <laughs> Preachers kids,
1: right
5: Uh, And so of course, I'm not going to say all PKs Preachers kids do, but I turn left rather than right Uh, But I've I've started to make this walk back And and improve my faith life But Antonio really doesn't have a choice in it I'm going back to my roots And I was raised in the church, Baptist church Where you Mm -hmm. get up and you go to Sunday school You go to morning service You go in the back and you eat dinner You go to evening service uh, For Mm -hmm. years uh, and like I said, Antonio's mom is a minister, so between the both of us, we have committed to make sure that he has a faith life. And ultimately, he's going to choose for himself. And the young man really loves going to church. Amen. Yeah, he,
3: he gets God. Hey, listen, we've got a question from uh, Canada. Um, I've made lots of mistakes as a young father. I'm older now in trying to mend my relationships with my children. Uh, they are angry with me, rightfully so, but I am older and changed. How can I be a part of their lives um, and that of my grandchildren?
2: Wow, great question.
3: Hmm.
1: Hmm.
5: Uh, you know, I, I'm not That's even hard. sure to answer to that. I have a lot of friends. Uh, my, my background history is I had uh, a monumental battle with drugs and alcohol, and I'm just thankful that, uh, this year is my 19th year uh, in recovery. So I Ooh. have an entrepreneurial has to see me under the influence of drugs. So I don't know what this brother's challenge is that caused this chasm or division between his kids, but I've heard enough people in the 12-step fellowship I go to to say, you just pray for their forgiveness and you just continue to put one foot in front of another. And ultimate authority will take care of how you took folks end up interacting and engaging with each other God is the ultimate authority, my friend. And like I said, I know it doesn't feel good right now, but just continue to do positive things and just see if eventually, slowly but surely, you begin to win them back in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I also Carla.
3: just got, I, Carlos, I think, just again, thank you for sharing your stage. I got a quick question um. on my end on what if I grew up in a single parent household, mom? Where do you get male direction? So, if, if for those mothers out there who may be um, uh, rearing um, sons, what would you suggest for them, um, you know, to to encourage the success of that of that young man turning into a phenomenal father?
5: Well, I think the first thing I would do is maybe turn to the family system. Given all the challenges with traditional groups like the Boy Scouts and some of the other things that have traditionally been tasked with raising boys to men and some of the things that are going on in those systems right now, hopefully it would be the family system, either through a grandfather or a brother or an uncle, Uh, but the mom has to make a concentrated effort to uh, try to put uh, strong men in, in her child's life, and I'm really proud of the African-American brothers that are committing to mentoring now and not depending on traditional systems like you're going know, to put them in the Cub Scouts, in the Boy Scouts, and you're going to do this, basically turning your child over to somebody else and you do not know what's going on. Um, but I just believe the family system, and hopefully there's a model there that you can uh, ask for their
3: help. Well, Carlos, wouldn't you also say there are uncles, there are um, significant, uh, you know, Carlos and Kenny have both um, served as surrogate fathers um, at different times for my children, and in in mm-hmm. in the way of providing and modeling and giving them attention um, that when their father wasn't able to, um, that they stepped in. And so I think that you know I know through prayer, um, you know that that you know, these you two have manifest. And there's other males, um, we were hoping to hear from uh the cousin Rick, uh awesome, just um, you know, father and uh it fathers my children in the absence of their dad. And so I think that, you know, really surrounding them with safe, secure, and healthy um people yeah. are, is gonna be is really crucial. Um, I do want to say uh, a shout-out for the recovery community from Toronto, uh, Canada. Um, someone uh, has emailed in and said that they are 13 years in recovery. God bless you and keep it going. Yeah. Um, I yeah. agree with him. Just pray for them and continue to be positive word and action to them. Eliminate all negativity. So that's, a, uh, that's really cool. That's awesome. And, and that is, uh, you know, a topic that we are going to talk about is you know the role of addiction um and the challenges of addiction but also the incredible blessing of recovery um it's mm. it's yeah. move forward so maybe we we'll, maybe carlos will um uh come back to us and and talk more um on that um we've got about uh one more minute <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: right, I love it five. I want to thank God and thank Kenny and um, Carlos uh, for you know, and also the folks that are globally listening to us. It's just, it is so humbling. Mm-hmm. Trisha, I I thank you for um, being in this walk with me. I think our God story has been these two incredible gentlemen talking to us today.
2: I know that this that's this has just been awesome, and I think um, for our God story, real quick, I I posted the question on facebook what are some things that your dad did that you will always remember because what carlos said about making memories and and what carlos and kenny said about making memories and it doesn't have to be something big or expensive and so i just have a lot of people um tweeting and 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 posting about their dad doing their hair or uh, <laughs> their dad being a great cook and they always remember what a good cook he was um their dad holding it down and getting them ready for school in the morning because their mom worked the night shift, and so he had to do kind of all of the morning stuff. And so, you know, just from those few posts there, that just speaks to being there for your for your children. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be taking them to, to, to the zoo or to all these big places where you have to have mm-hmm. money. Just right. being there, just being a part of their every single day, you know, mundane things. Uh, they remember. So yeah. uh, I just wanted to point that out. And we had a caller from 919. I think we lost you, but um wish we could have gotten your question. Thank you so much for calling. We will be here next Thursday, one thirty Eastern. So um, we look forward to having all of you back next week. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, any, any last thoughts, guys?
3: Uh, I mean, you've already shared so much, stage, but any last thoughts that we haven't covered?
5: No, I just want to congratulate both of you, and just hopefully you remember us small people when you get all big and everything. (laughs) You guys are awesome.
2: Thank you, guys. We love you.
3: (laughs) Peace and love. Okay. Love you, Gina. All right. Love you, too,
2: Tajo. See you on the other side. All right. Bye. Bye.